What's up, everybody? Before we jump in to the intro for my next guest, I'm just going to walk you guys through the links that you can find in the show notes. Um, if you want to learn a little bit more about Scott, I've got his social handle um, to Instagram, which is where he mainly f- focuses uh, in the show notes. Um, if you want to get involved with investing, I've talked about this at nauseum on here, but I still believe Robinhood is the best way to get started. If you want to get a free stock when you sign up, use the link in the show notes and you will get a free stock when you sign up and make a new account. Um, if you don't know what stocks to invest in or where to begin or you know what to even look at, I've created what's called the COVID Stock Market Rebound Tracker. It's a free resource for all of my listeners uh, to go and see what stocks I'm looking at, what I'm thinking about investing in, or even some of the stocks in there are companies that I currently hold. So check that out. That is a free resource. Um, and then last but not least, not none of these guys are sponsors of the podcast, actually. But the last one I like to always mention is Whoop. Uh, it's a health and fitness tracking device. With It tracks your daily strain instead of steps, which is like how your cardiovascular system is taking on your daily strain. Um, your sleep, so it tracks deep metrics into your sleep. So you wear the strap 24-7 and then gives you a daily recovery score. Um, I wanted to reiterate this one because, um, again, they're not a sponsor, but I just love their product. I love sharing with all of you things that I'm, you know, using, loving. And Scott, and Scott Stallings, excuse me, my guest today is, um, he's been an avid user for years and he talks about it on the podcast. Um, we both use whoop and, uh, I think you guys will love it. So if you want to try it, you can actually get the strap for free plus your first month free by using my link in the show notes. All right, everybody. Intro coming next for my guest today. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Simply Finance. I'm pumped today to share with you guys um, the most recent installment of my athlete series. Uh, I've had a lot of you know positive feedback from this, so I'm continuing to plan ahead and get some of these awesome athletes on the podcast. Um, and today was one of my favorite conversations I've had yet to date on the podcast. Uh, I had three-time PGA Tour champion Scott Stallings on the podcast today. Scott, like I said, has won three events uh, since he joined the tour in 2011. Uh, Scott also is one of the, what I call, and I, I, ta- I told this on the podcast, one of the like pioneers in recent years with getting the PGA Tour and health and fitness tied in together. Uh, I think Scott's honestly one of the the leading professionals on tour today who focuses on health, you know, weightlifting, functional fitness to then benefit his golf game. And we talk a lot about that. Um, and it, we just had a lot of fun. Scott's a great guy. Um, and I think you guys are really going to love this episode. Um, so without further ado, welcome Scott Stallings. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. I am pumped today to have another awesome guest on the podcast. Um, Would you like to introduce yourself and just tell everyone who's on today? I'm Scott Stallings. I'm a PGA Tour player, and uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm pumped to have you on, Scott. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Um, would love to just jump in and start talking about your story. Um, I, I, I think 
listeners of the podcast who have listened to you're you're one of the members of my athletes series. Um, I, you know, I'd love to just get into the beginning. Like, how did you fall in love with golf? When did you start playing? Just kind of would love to hear that, you know, initial story of how you started with golf. Uh, I played every sport growing up as a kid. Um, and you know, golf was always something I did kind of in the interim in between seasons, whether it's baseball, you know, basketball, soccer, you know, kind of whatever was going on. And, um, I, honestly, I, I did everything, you know, fairly consistent up to about 13 ish. And then tiger came, uh, tiger won the masters and everything changed from there. Um, I remember watching, and seeing this kid that was doing things that had never been done and this, and I just tell my dad, like, man, I want to try to do that. And oh, yeah. I mean, you know, he was inspirational for a lot of people in my, I mean, I'm 35. So, you know, kind of in that sweet spot of looking at like, Oh, you know, that was what made me want to pursue this as a job and a career. And, different things like that. I mean, you're 13, you're not really thinking about playing on the PGA tour or playing in majors. You're thinking about just like, man, I really want to play golf <laughs> and yeah. kind of whatever that looks like. Now there's kind of a, like a, a way to go about it. At that okay. time, it was just like, I'm going to not play other sports and play as much golf as I possibly can and hopefully figure it out as we come along. So there wasn't like this drawn out strategy or, timeline it, it just kind of hey I'm gonna you know take a little bit more time and put it into my game and you know so slowly but surely figure it out and you know continue to fall in love with it and was able to play in college I played at Tennessee Tech and uh you know which probably no one's ever heard of but uh <laughs> yeah, th then you go into and I had a good career there and I had some good people come around me and help me give me an opportunity to turn pro and uh, transfer that into, you know, having an opportunity to, to run it, take a couple of runs at Q school and was fortunate enough to, at that time, it's the corn Ferry now, but at that time it was the nationwide tour oh, okay. and then play. And I played one year, I played about a year and a half or so mini tours a year on the nationwide. And then this, I just started my 11th year on the PGA tour. Wow. Congratulations. That's a, that's an awesome awesome time to be on the you know the pga tour to 11 season what do you know what's like the average it's no different clue. than like the nfl or something i'm sure obviously because you can play for a lot longer but I, I know the nfl is under three years just because i have some nfl buddies and um i have some you know friends all in other sports and, and golf sure. it it's unique in the fact that it's the only common ground sport like like you and i mm -hmm. can go play and and you know irrelevant of your talent level like we can play and and everybody have a good day. It's not like you're going to go like, you know, go like tell Justin Verlander, like, Hey man, let's go. Oh, and like, yeah, let, <laughs> let's go. Like, let's go hit. And he's right, like, true. man, like, that, that would not be fun for anybody. No, no, no. <laughs> at all. Or like the NFL. Yeah. Let's go like play. Yeah. Let's go play. Let's go play tackle yeah. football with one of these guys. Yeah. You're going to run like a slant route and just take like, just, I mean, catch a ball over the middle and just get killed. Exactly. Like that's not, yeah. <laughs> but so, so it is enjoyable. The fact that, you know, basically whether you're, uh, uh, you know, in a, a normal, you know, normal work environment or a professional athlete or kind of whatever, you know, golf is something that is, you know, unifying and allowing things to kind of come together. And it's pretty unique in the fact of, I, I, 
what I do for a living, a lot of people think about what they do as soon as they get off work. (laughs) Yeah, right. it's pretty weird, especially I come off of like four or five weeks on the road and my friends are like, Hey, you want to play? I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> That's like the one <laughs> thing like, I don't but you're off, but, but you're off is like, I'm off from doing what you're thinking about doing when you're off. <laughs> That's so true. That's funny. <laughs> and, right? Uh, yeah. It, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a definitely a balance for sure. But I mean, cause I enjoy, you know, kind of getting away from the monotonous grind of, of the tour. Sure. But also, you know, I got to figure out a way to kind of separate myself from the game a little bit and, you know, make sure it's not just like always work and, you know, because I, I do love it and I enjoy the game a lot. And, but, you know, it's definitely a balance and something that has to be learned. And, you know, everyone kind of find, you know, what the best version of what that looks best for them, what looks best for themselves. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I the only other sport, you know, and it's definitely obviously an up and coming sport. And I know you're into it is, uh, is I think CrossFit's kind of similar. I had Matt on Matt Frazier on here sort of like, you know what I mean? Like me and Matt could do the same workout. He'd kick my ass. Like you'd kick yeah. my ass in golf, but like we could do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I was on Matt's, uh, podcast and we started talking about it and <laughs> he he said, I'm not coming to, I'm not playing golf with you until I know that I could, you know, get shots, how you would have to, you know, basically, you know, scale down my workout. Sure. I was okay. like, well, I Make said, I'm not, I'm not touting my fitness level by <laughs> any means, especially compared to you. But like that's, and he's like, well, you know, I play like twice a year. I was like, well, I work out a lot <laughs> and, and I'm pretty good at golf. So like you, he's like, I know I got a long way to go. And then he just immediately changed the subject. <laughs> That's hilarious. So yeah, maybe but, uh, you can hit from the closer tees or something. Yeah. The, One mulligan. We did, we did a, we did a show uh, with uh, Rich Froning down in Cookville and basically like he wrote a workout and I wrote a workout and we kind of did it together. That's awesome. Um, which was great. And Rich had become a good friend and, and honestly a, a big part as far as helping me get to where I am today. Like he was one of the first people I reached out to when I was trying to make some of the changes that I made oh. and kind of going into, you know, everything to get to where I am today. But um, it was interesting to see, like, I understand the the idea of CrossFit and, you know, how it, it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, everything can be scaled and, and made unique for that individual. And you kind of keep the integrity of the exercises together, but you know, maybe the weight is different. The reps are different. The time's different, but the overall idea is the same. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, you, you start throwing out names like that and that becomes maybe not the same conversation, but <laughs> I, I completely understand what you're saying. For sure. True. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm over my skis a little bit on comparing, you know, me, me and Matt doing the same CrossFit workout and being <laughs> fair, but yeah, you, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, I want to get into your story, but I, I, while we're on fitness, I'd be curious to know uh, for you, I mean, to be honest, I remember the reason I, I followed you on it, like Instagram or whatever. Uh, I remember being like, Oh, Scott's like one of the few guys on the tour I've seen. Like he's into like fitness too. Can you maybe just get into like why you decided to kind of make fitness a priority for you? And if, if it, has that evolved your golf game at all? I think, I think to be honest, there's a lot of people that don't correlate fitness and golf. I always have, but I think a lot of people don't. I mean, there's definitely like mutually beneficial for sure. But I mean, at the end of the day, like everyone has an outlet and everyone has things that they do to get away from their job or kind of get out of their own head. And I mean, that's where I found, and I was going through some health struggles and trying to figure out my, 
what was going on. And, you know, the gym was kind of where I went to for good days, for bad days, you know, it didn't matter. Like everyone asked like my training schedule. And I said, you know, this isn't like a, you know, prearranged answer. I said, it's not an if or when, it's just a matter of what time I'm going to do it. Got it. You know, I've trained at 4am. I've trained at 10 at night. I've done everything. Like it, like there's not one time you'd be like, no way you've worked out then. Like, man, probably so. I was in Malaysia working out at one thirty in the morning. Oh damn. There you go. Like, just like, you know, just no matter what. And not necessarily like, Ooh, I'm hardcore or anything. Like that. I just, you know, try to fit it in and try to make it where it's a, it's a consistent part of my, you know, just life and, and different things that I put it in it and, you know, make where at some point it's going to happen. And, you know, some days it's 20 minutes, some days it's two hours and, who knows, man, uh, just kind of goes into it. So I think, you know, some people are a little bit misled and to know that like, I mean, I'm a husband, I'm a father. Uh, I I do play golf for a living. I do, I do do that. And, but there's not, you know, there's a large majority of my life that goes into what I do for a living, but not everything. Got it. And I was not always like that. Um, you know, kids and family and stuff can definitely kind of not necessarily be a distraction, but I mean, a, a welcome part as far as, man, I've, I've worked really hard to get to where I am and to be able to enjoy that to where it's not just, uh, you know, my job's endured. It's a little bit more enjoyed. And I think that, you know, everyone sees some of the fitness side of like, well, man, that's not doing anything to help your golf. It's like, man, like maybe I'm not doing that for that reason. Like right. maybe I'm doing it just, you know, for a little bit of mental clarity and go blow it out a little bit. And then, then I can go focus on what I need to do with my golf game and uh, kind of go from there. But honestly, to kind of get back to your original question, uh, that's kind of where I went to, to get away, you know, you know, 64, 76, it didn't matter. Like that's where I just kind of learned to, to kind of get out of my own head and go in there and, and figure out and, you know, kind of push myself to be embrace uncomfortable situations and, and come out, come out better on the other side and, um, you know, continue to just grow and evolve and, you know, figure out different ways to push myself to, to be better in all areas. Like I'm not very good at anything, but I'm decent at a lot, I guess. Well, so I that, that's not, that can't be true. Cause you're, you're on the PGA <laughs> tour. So no, I, in, in the world of golf, in the world of golf, I would say that's a different conversation, but in the world of fitness, like, I don't think I have anything that, you know, particularly stands out like, Hey, that, that you know, that's kind of my sweet spot or whatever. But, um, I, um, we did do this a hundreds workout today and we had to do a hundred pull-ups. I'm still, Ooh, I've really, yeah. I've really, I've really long arms and I'm, uh, still, I mean, I'm not light by any, I'm way lighter than I used to be, but (laughs) (laughs) so I weigh about 190 pounds. (laughs) So that's a hundred pull-ups is a lot for anybody. Yeah. So we did this workout where it was like a, you had a hundred reps, 10 exercises. And every two minutes you had to do this cycle of 10 cal echo, 15 cal salt bike or 20 cal bike erg. And you just kind of cycled through until you got done with all the thousand reps so if you were, you know, on 67 squats, you went and knocked out one of your bike rounds and then went right back to it, you know, oh, and you wow. had two yeah. minutes. Well, it's kind of like that one so, we chatted about a little bit. I had never done one like that before where, yeah, it was like every few minutes you break it up with, you know, a fixed mm-hmm. calorie of something that's, that rips you up. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, it's kind of like a steady state, you know, all right, I'm trying to just get through it. I'm trying to get through it. And then all of a sudden it's like, all right, I got a minute to do this. 
and I could just sit there and kind of slow roll it or I could hammer it and then sure. I can build in some rest when I'm resting while everyone else is resting and, uh, you know, kind of build it in. And I had some guys work out with me this morning and, and honestly, based on our Thanksgiving workout we have tomorrow, I didn't think today was going to be that bad, but. Oh, did you do like it a was, big gauntlet workout on Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah, I tried to do the yeah. same. Yeah, we did uh, uh, two years ago or three years ago, we did partner Murph and 1,000 calorie assault bike. Oh, boy. All right. Nice. <laughs> there you go. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, just all these different things that we think about and, and go. And, um, but it seems like you make it – the one thing that stands out to me just by seeing what you do, it seems like you, you make it fun. Like, is there a thing you follow or are you just constantly coming up with new workout challenges and just kind of going with the flow? I, I do everything, man. Like I, you know, I follow, you know, Olympic lifting. I follow pure Metcons. I follow body weight, kettlebell, you know, whatever, and just kind of figure it out a way to kind of, a lot of it is trying to make it all encompassing to where, you know, you have to, and there's a little bit of, um, you know, just kind of strategy involved. And, you know, like in the workout that I was talking about earlier, you know, I was probably getting on the bike with 10 seconds to go with the two minute timer, just so that I could, as soon as that timer hit, I could get the full end of there and get as much rest as I possibly could. So then, you know, I was probably working a full one minute, 50 seconds out of every two minutes, instead of lot kind of slow rolling on the bike and then taking me 30 seconds to catch my breath and then be ready to roll back into. And I kind of like those kind of workouts where you kind of got to figure it out or you get done and you're like, crap, man, I screwed up. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I should, I should have done it this way. And you know, er everything kind of figures it out because golf's the same way, you know, there's not one way to do it, but everyone kind of has like, this is where I feel the best or this is what I feel like gives me the best chance to win. And, and uh, just a, a little bit of, and by, by no means am I overly intelligent by any means, but I do like the kind of the strategy component behind it because it, it does remind me a lot of golf. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because it seems like you do, like you said, it seems like you kind of do CrossFit, but you kind of do your own version of it, and it's always changing, which kind of is CrossFit, but kind of it doesn't seem like you follow like anything specific. You're just always challenging yourself, no. which I I think is cool. Yeah, I had the Buttery Bros guys, and they're like, uh, so like, who who does your programming? I was like, I, I do, <laughs> and they're like, really? It's like, do you have like level one or? I was like, no, I don't. I don't have anything. I said, you know, I have access to a lot of people that are incredibly more knowledgeable than me in this avenue. And I just ask a lot of questions and I'm like, man, I'm thinking about this workout. What do you think? And they're like, well, you know, that would be like this. And like, but maybe you should try this and, you know, just try to figure it out. And man, I've got countless workouts that I've written. I spent a lot of time on airplanes. So <laughs> I write workouts, all, all kinds of workouts, man, oh, that's and cool. just different, just different things. And you know, based on time domains, work to rest, you know, rounds for time, all the different, you know, kind of ideas. And, and the idea of, you know, kind of encompassing, you know, the idea of CrossFit and, you know, the, the way that you would do a traditional CrossFit training program and the difference between golf is, you know, golf is not necessarily mundane, but there's a lot of very, very similar ways to get better. And a lot of it's time, a lot of it's, you know, a lot of repetitions and this, but I could give you the same workout and change the, the rep scheme, the time domain, whatever. 
and you could do this the similar workout seven days in a row and get seven completely different results right yeah just based on how i gave it to you and um and i love that um the fact of at, at home, I do a lot of, you know, kind of completion for time on the road. I kind of do a little bit more of on the minute, you know, kind of built in rest recovery, you know, just okay. with respect to what I'm doing for a living. And honestly, man, you know, to understand the difference of, you know, the, the overall goal of those style of workouts are, are two completely different things, you know, finishing for time is, you know, hammer down full throttle. I'm trying to get this done as fast as I possibly can and, and go from there where on the minute it's a little bit more, a little bit more training, a little bit more understanding of, uh, you know, full rep completion and, you know, kind of the integrity of the movement and kind of go from there. And, you know, uh, the whole mix between it is something that I enjoy. And, and it's, it's definitely a balance between what I do for a living and what I enjoy doing as, I don't know if it's a hobby or, I don't really know what you call it. <laughs> well, it sounds, it sounds like it's become like part of your daily routine, no matter what, which is obviously number one. And then number two, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like you, I mean, to be honest, how many people that, you know, probably sit on planes and, and drop workouts. Like I'm into it like that, but there's probably not very many people that are like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make some workouts up while I'm sitting here. Like that's, that means it's like a hobby of yours as much as anything. And I, I don't know. I, I guess I enjoy the fact where, you know, if some guys are on the road, it'd be like, Hey man, I've got a 35 pound kettlebell, you know, a 10 pound ball, and a jump rope, what should I do? And be like, I got you. I got a like, notebook here. Yeah. Like just different things like that, or, you know, the, the ability to kind of send somebody different things. And, and, you know, golfers are predominantly not people that tend to in, embrace discomfort or like, Hey, I'm going to put myself in awful situations and see how I deal with it. Yeah. But golf is also the only sport where you can do everything right and get a bad result. I can, you can hit the perfect shot and the perfect wind hit the flag in the fly, go in the water. Yeah. I true. mean, you're, you're, you did everything correctly and got a poor result. So learning how to embrace, you know, discomfort and, and tough situations is something that goes along with what we do for a living. And if I can build some resilience, some resilience and some mental toughness and, you know, the 45 minutes to an hour and a half I spend in the gym, man, it's only going to help me when I step on the grass and you make me just a little bit more apt to, you know, handle kind of whatever comes my way. Sure. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Uh, you mentioned the buttery bros. How was it with them? I thought that was pretty, well, I honestly, I had no idea, obviously, cause they didn't like, they don't talk about it usually ahead of time. And all of a sudden I saw a new video pop up on my YouTube and I was like, Oh shit, Scott's on here. That's a cool, it's a cool episode. I'll check this one out. Well, <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> um, and honestly, I thought they were trying to like, give me like that shock factor of, you know, when I take him to the golf course, because I mean, Mars is a significantly better golfer than Heber is. Okay. But, but Heber shows up and he's wearing this like <laughs> coconut pineapple golf shirt. And he has, I legitimately gave him a hard time because I told him, I said, are these your wife's shorts? Because they were like <laughs> cut off camo, like blue jeans that were super tight and really short. And I thought like that, that was his like outfit, like for okay. the show. Yeah. And Mars said, man, I hate to tell you, but this is like every day. <laughs> I'm like, oh my. And, and man, they were awesome. They were, we had a blast, uh, you know, kind of show them some different sides of, you know, you know, kind of what I do for a living, the way I play, the way I practice, um, and kind of the way that golf kind of incorporates you do some kettlebell and, and landmine stuff, which is, you know, 
very near and dear to what I do day in, yeah. day out, not only at home and on the road, but, and then kind of, we did some like rowing intervals with some like ascending, descending, like uh rep and weight, uh, like full man makers, which was awesome. And I gave Heber, he, I have a belt squad and he's like, Ooh, I'm in. <laughs> and so we had during quarantine, we had with the group of guys that I trained with, we had made some really, really rough belt squat workouts. And so I oh, sent them to them and I left and they, they actually stayed for, you know, probably, you know, three or four hours before they had to catch a plane. And he was like, I, Mars is carrying me to the airplane. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> they just hammered that home. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, this is, uh, maybe a bad, something, maybe not the best decision before we go get on the airplane <laughs> to fly back to Utah. And I was like, ah, oh, it won't be that bad. And then they kind of got into it. Like that's hilarious. So. They're, yeah. They're going to sit on a plane with destroyed legs. But uh, it was a, it was a good experience. I think it was, it was good for everybody, you know, you know, everyone kind of has an idea of what professional golf is and kind of the stigma behind, you know, health and fitness on the PGA Tour. And it's definitely changing every single day. I mean, I did another call yesterday and that was all is about as far as the trends and different things that people see all across the board on the PGA right. Tour. And so it was cool to see that. I remember when I first kind of got into it, you know, going to gyms and telling people that I play on tour and it was like, all right, here's your bands. You need a ball <laughs> and a mat. And I was like, no, man, I'm going to go like use these dumbbells or like this kettlebell over here. And they're like, um, here's like a, here's the lightest one we have. We don't have any lighter. And oh my you God, know, that's so funny. <laughs> You're like, no, man, it's not, that's not what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, one of my best friends is a UFC fighter. And I told the story on another podcast I did, but we went out to uh, train with him at the UFC facility in Vegas, which is nice. incredible. Absolutely incredible. And I had this guy follow me around like for 30 minutes just, and I finally asked him after, I mean, he's like my moon shadow, like, Hey, what's going on here, man? It's like, man, I just want to make, we just, you know, we were told not to let you do anything that we thought you could get hurt. The last thing we need is a, you know, a professional golfer get hurt at our facility. Oh, no way. Seriously. And, but, and I said, well, man, if you're going to follow me around, this is the workout we're about to do. <laughs> so you're going to participate or you're going to leave. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So I, I started writing it out and I was like, like buy-in was like 200 calories on a salt bike and I couldn't find, I couldn't find the guy. He just left. Oh, that's seriously. hilarious. <laughs> He's like, if I don't so, see it, I'm at, I'm not involved. Yeah. But I think just the, the whole stigma of understanding of, you know, people see what we do for a living and they don't understand all the stuff that kind of goes into getting us to, to that point, you know, but you know, different things like the buttery bros, the more opportunities to have to talk to people like yourself and, and kind of be able to tell the story is, you know, we may not look athletic, but we're giving it our best effort. Well, yeah, I think <laughs> it's, I mean, it's funny though. It does seem like, uh, it seems like that stigma is changing a lot. And you do see guys on tour, uh, you know, trying to incorporate fitness a lot more into their game. I mean, I can only imagine, I mean, it, it can't, it can't be good for anyone. Obviously I'm, I'm a big health proponent and fitness proponent. And I mean, I don't, I don't think it matters what you do incorporating some sort of, physical activity is good for just overall health anyway. But then if you're a professional athlete and you're on the course, I mean, I don't know how many holes you would play in a week on average when you're in the middle of, you know, the craziest part of your season. But like, I think the more weight training and all that stuff you're doing, has got to help longevity for you. 
in the sport, I would have to imagine. Yeah, I mean, just the wear and tear of what we deal with on a day-to-day basis is something that, you know, I can build, like I said before, a little bit of resilience, a little bit of physical, you know, physicality to kind of handle kind of whatever comes my way, like the better I'm going to be. Right. And, you know, we, we play a asymmetric sport that involves a lot of time and effort that goes into, you know, kind of perfecting all that. And you just don't have the time to, to kind of undo that asymmetry. And, you know, so building up a foundation of, you know, from all aspects from the ground up, I mean, and, you know, kind of being able to handle all that stuff. I mean, the better off you're going to be and the, and the more, you know, kind of knock on wood, like the better off you're going to be in, in kind of, you know, prevent, you know, any sure. kind of injury. And I think the, the stigma too, like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to push myself. I don't want to be in, I don't want to feel this way because I don't want to be sore or I don't want to, you know, be potentially injured or whatever. And my mentality is like, I want to do this. So I don't ever feel like that. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. And not that that just makes you immune to just, you know, anything, you know, kind of freak accents, stuff like that. But for the most part, like, you know, the stuff that we deal with on a week in week out basis, like I don't want to be the guy that like I tweak my back cause I get my, you know, golf clubs off the baggage carrier at the airport. Oh my God, right. Yeah. Like I don't want to be that guy or I don't want to be the guy that like, I'm not going to go jump on that trampoline and I was telling you I just built with my kids. Cause it's like, Oh, I don't want to hurt my back. Like, man, I want to be able to go run. I want to be able to chase my kids. We just got a dog running oh, around wow, our property, property out here in Tennessee. And, you know, I just don't want to be like handcuffed by what I do for a living instead of be able to enjoy the life that it has provided and, and be able to kind of take it in stride and enjoy it on both ends. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. It kind of like doing that hard work and that going through that pain can then unlock to your point, the ability to do whatever you want with it instead of being afraid to yeah get hurt or whatever for the tour. I know it's cool to see, it's cool to see the tour as well invest. I know I have a, a buddy of mine who's been on the podcast, Corey Gregory, Corey, or he goes by like Corey G online, but he's got a new podcast. It's all about golf and fitness together, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. I'm doing that in like two weeks. I, I kind of figured I was going to be shocked if you weren't going to be going on that one. Just given the the focus of it. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, He's actually coming here to Tennessee. He's like, man, there's no way, like, I know you have a gym at your house. Like there's no way I'm going to do this over Skype or, you know, zoom <laughs> or whatever. He's like, I'm, I'm coming, you know, we're going to train. We're going to talk about it. We're going to figure it all out. I was like, sure. I love it. Come there you on. go. Come, cool. Come. Come on, man. He, you know, he's so one like, of the guys that I always joke, not joke with, but I always ask him because he's so into, uh, not to get totally off topic, but he's so into like the bodybuilding, powerlifting. I always, I always ask him like, you ever do CrossFit? You ever get into like any other stuff? Um, I'd love to see you guys. I mean, you guys train together would be a cool, cool combo. I said, I told, I sent him a picture of like the Hulk doing curls is like, I'm going to start my thousand rep curl a day, which is basically, I gave him, I was like, all you do is upper body. Like you, he's like, we squat, we deadlift. I was like, come, I, I'm sure he does everything. Like, <laughs> he, well, he's got he this just, whole thing. This like squat every day mentality yeah, and thing. The, and, and honestly, he sent me the thing with the lunges and I, I did it. I did 400 weighted, 800 unweighted for 30 days. This was two years ago. Yeah. So I did a, I did a 20 pound vest and I would do 400 on odd days and 800 unweighted on even days for 30 days. Yeah. Dude, my, my hips and my back, that was the best I've ever felt. 
Yeah. My, and my wife thinks I'm nuts. I, I, I made it a goal this year to do between four and 800 meters every day. And I've done it every single day so far this year. And now the last like two months I've been at 800 with 20 pounds and it's crazy. That's awesome. Like and you just feel in every other workout, like in, in everything with legs, you just feel stronger. And honestly, I feel like I can go longer, faster. It's weird. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree. And yeah, it was just kind of a, a, you know, I did it at the end of the workout. It's kind of like a cool down. And okay. I remember like when I got done with the month, like I was keeping track of my times and I could do my, like I did a 400 unweighted, like a couple of days before the month started, 400 weighted and like 800. And I was like, this is going to be my workout. Like I'm going to try to hammer this. Okay. And yeah, for, for time. By, by, by like the end of the month, like I could do my 800 faster than I did my first ever 400 time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it happens. Nuts. I know today I actually it, broke my 800 with 20 pound record today out of nowhere. I just like my, my goal for once was to beat it. And I did it. I was like, wow, that's faster than I used to be able to do 400 without weight. Yeah, it's wild. I did a, um, I do a bunch of stuff with the Onyx guys in Austin, Texas, and they're oh, big cool. kettlebell guys. And yeah, um, we did the 300 swings for 30 days. And at that time, I was probably like 215 or so. So I, for based on the percentage of how they calculate it, I used the 62 pound kettlebell for whatever. 62 kind of kettlebell off. swings, 300 a day. Yeah, for 30 days. Damn. And, and like the first time I did it, the very first day, like my hands were like broken. Like that, <laughs> yeah. It just, I mean, it was brutal. Like I don't even think I came close to breaking 20 minutes. And I was like, man, I just don't think that this is. And by the end, I was doing six sets of 50, like no big deal. And I, at the time, like, it was just kind of something like the lunges. Like I would just finish all my workouts and I would be, I would just do that yeah. at the end. And at the time I was trying to, and this was off season too. So very similar time of year, I was getting to the point of like, man, I'm gonna try to, my goal is to try to have a 500 pound deadlift. And I was like, let's just see how it goes. Oh, yeah. And just kind of the way the balance of golf and fitness and everything was, I was deadlifting once or twice a week and you know, not like crazy high volume. You know, I would try to, you know, one rep it, you know, once a week maybe and just try to second see how I would, but just doing that whole process, you see how guys try to build up their deadlift and just their different strength training programs they do to do that. Sure. Yeah. That kettle that, that kettlebell thing, I went from like four fifteen to four seventy five in a month. Whoa. Damn, really? Deadlift deadlifting like and honestly, like anything, the more you do it, the better you get. Right. And, but honestly, like those high volume, you know, training ideas with the lunges, like Corey does, you know, the kettlebell thing that the Onnit guys got me to do. I mean, just different things like that is, it is wild to see the resilience you can build up. It's like, man, I may seem this, like for the first week, you're like, what's going on? You can't sit down. Like right, you, just, right. you don't, you don't feel very good. And then that, like the turnover happens and you look at it like, man, this is the best I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> right. Yeah. From there. No, it is crazy. It's crazy. It's cool how you've like kind of incorporated, it sounds like all these different training, you know, designs into like just whatever you want to do. For sure, man. And there's, a, I mean, like I said before, there's a bunch of guys way smarter than me and you know, always try to pick their brain or shoot them a text and you know, kind of figure out different ways to incorporate all that into kind of what we're doing. 
Right. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And you're always changing, always variating sounds like, I mean, that's always, it's kind of scientifically been proven to, to gain results. That's awesome. Well, it sounds, it's cool that like training's like a cool, a big part of your life. And I, I honestly, it's probably going to help with longevity for the sport for you. I'd love to also chat through a little bit, like getting back to your story. I don't, for me, it was funny as I was thinking through just like some questions for this. Um, you know, I, so I played high school, uh, middle school and high school golf, uh, was not good enough to play in college. Um, but I always think back to when I was in high school, um, I definitely did not put in the work. Like if I look back, I'm like, shit, I definitely should have like put in more of the work, especially with like high school. Cause you're playing for free. You can play as much as you want. Uh, you know, I could have been doing it night, you know, night in night, night out, uh, and definitely didn't, um, for you when you were like in high school, do you remember like, were you were you good enough to like, were you getting looked at from colleges or how, I guess from, from that point on, did you think you were going to go pro in golf or was that still like your ultimate plan? I just think it's so interesting to learn about your story from like even high school. No, I, you know, I, I was a definitely a late bloomer, in, you know, in high school for sure. I had a couple like bigger schools, but you know, honestly it was, a new process for all of us, you know, definitely with my family and trying to figure out kind of how all that worked and, and going, like I said, I went to Tennessee tech and which is also where rich went. And that's kind of how we, we, we didn't know each other in college. We definitely knew each other after, but just the the whole process of kind of what that looked like of playing a collegiate sport and, and kind of balancing that. And I, I had always maybe in the back of my mind, like, man, I'm a turn pro. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But I think kind of looking at it with the perspective of um, until my coach kind of, I mean, he played on tour for four or five years, you know, way back in the sixties, sixties and seventies. And he said, man, if you are not going to give this a, a try, like you're shortchanging yourself. And that was the first time I'd ever had someone believe in me more than I believed in myself. Oh, wow. And, and kind of put their arm around me. And I mean, my parents were super supportive, but I mean, they didn't know anything about professional golf or, or what that looked like. It was just like, man, we just want what's best for you. Right. And, you know, he'd had an experience, you know, some experience in that. And uh, then from that moment on, man, it just kind of took off <laughs> on a world of its own. And I was an all American. Uh, I ended up playing in the NCAA tournament. I, I ended up uh, playing and I checked in and we were at the NCAA tournament in Oregon. And I, the lady asked me if I was in the right place. Are you serious? Just, well, because of the school yeah, she, or because of why? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, Oklahoma state, Georgia, all these you yeah. know, crazy, great college golf teams. They're like, who do you play for? Oh, gee. I'm like, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> Oh, I just no. took like I just flew like a hundred hours to get out here, and then that was the first time I knew that uh, like college team flew private to tournaments. Oh, oh I didn't know I'm that. Like, Did they really? I was I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> it's like uh, that means we flew from our our campus to here. I was like, without stopping, because I mean I had like nine connections to get from Cookville, Tennessee sure. to, to to Bend, Oregon, and I'm pretty yeah. sure we like. We like we we rode a horse, rode a <laughs> rode a boat, and then rented a car or something, just to get out there. That's hilarious. But, but uh, you know, it was a you know at that point at that moment in my career, I was definitely getting some opportunities uh, to kind of pursue it at the next level, and I had some great people that kind of helped. Uh, I had a great professor that kind of helped me back at school build a business plan as far as how to turn pro, and 
Um, oh, wow. Oh, so you actually yeah, had a professor of, help you like line up like financially how it would work? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was a business management major and your, your junior and senior year, you did a week out of school to, you know, go interview for jobs. And sure. the way that yeah. you got credit for missing class is you had to basically write papers about the jobs you interviewed for. Irrelevant if you got the job or not, but just you know, what did you get? What'd you learn? Is this interesting to you? Is it not? And, you know, smart Alec guy, junior in college. And I, I just wrote a paper that said I was going to play professional golf. (laughs) (laughs) And my professor at the time was also my advisor. And I knew him pretty well to nowhere near the extent of where I ended up knowing him. Okay. And he's like, and he's looking up and we turn in our things and, He's like, oh, man, I always love it when we get one of these inspiring <laughs> professional athlete guys. You know, he was super dry and, you know, really sarcastic. And oh, he's like, uh, Scott, you know, please just advise us as far as just how this whole process works. You know, he said, I'm sure we have a lot of people that would, you know, just like to learn about that. I'm like, like it's in front of the class, in front of the whole class. Oh, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and I like man, I'm a, I'm a pursue professional golf as a career. Like, that's what I'm gonna do. He said, I don't want to interview for jobs. I don't want to give myself a way out. Like I want to double down and, and give myself, I want to, you know, hammer down into it. And that's what I'm going to do. He's like, man, I think it's great. He said, I got one question for you. Like when you graduate next May and you leave and you're going to go, you know, play professional golf, and you're going to go to that first tournament and you're going to, you know, drive or fly there. How are you going to pay for the gas to get out of your driveway to get to that tournament? And I was like, Oh my, I have no idea. <laughs> and I mean, everybody laughed, everybody had a good time. And, and he said, you know, this is something that I feel like I, I know a lot of, and he wasn't a, like a golfer by any means, but he okay. understand, understood just there's like anybody, there's way more that goes into it than people think. And so during those times when we got out of class, I basically met with him and we went and we wrote a business plan on how to go from the, from college to the PGA tour in four years. Oh, wow. Like oh, that's cool. basically you, you would do like pro formas and, you know, schedules and planning practices and investment strategies and, and all these different things as far as, you know, if I was going to come to you with the business plan, Hey, invest in my business. But the business was me, yeah. a professional golfer, which, wow, you know, really way, cool. way, you know, way more about finance than I do, but investing in a human being is a horrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least the likelihood of your ROI is probably not very high. Yeah. I mean, cause like, especially with golf, like, you know, we've talked about the, just the craziness of it, how it is, but like I could go, you know, slip going down my stairs in my backyard and never play again and just complete random chance. And, and who knew a a guy from, you know, a small town in Tennessee and, you know, would go and and have a a successful career on tour. And I had some great guys that kind of believed in giving me a chance to pursue a dream and uh, had a good kind of plan and, and a great guy behind me. Um, I've had the same financial guy from the very beginning of my career when I legitimately had nothing, like absolutely nothing. Like a financial planner, manager kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. And literally if I, if something happened to me, I don't know, with the law or 
any type yeah. of thing. If I if I called my wife, she'd be like, "You need to call Ryan." Okay. Like, oh, like, got why it. are you calling me? So I mean, he's he's become a close friend, and and it's cool to kind of take that group of guys that helped me from the original part when I had nothing to go and and be able to give back to the community that we live here in Tennessee, and and to give some other guys a chance uh, to pursue the dream that they gave me a chance to pursue, and and kind of see it come come around the other side as well. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Do you? How did you? So. I, I personally, first of all, I think that's badass that you have sat down and made a business plan about going pro in golf. I've never, ever heard of, of that. So that's cool just in and of itself. How did you then, I guess, I mean, that probably actually made you put pen to paper and put some thought behind it. What was like, what happened next? Like, how did you go from sitting in that class to like, okay, I'm actually going to do this and like follow this and what happened? I went to his office and we started looking up, you know, kind of what the money you played for, the potential you had, you know, what Q school cost, you know, what kind of that. And we, and we started taking averages as far as this is what we think this is going to be. This is where you're going to practice. And basically you're just making a budget and, and a little bit of it's guessing, you know, but a, a lot of it, you're asking questions, you're calling tour offices and, and different things like that. And you hear other sports too, NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball. I mean, they have those guys that do the rookie stuff. And I mean, granted, they have been drafted, they have been in the, but they give them a, an idea as far as what that looks like. The same idea for us, like this is, if you go to a tournament at this level, this is what this is going to on average cost you a week. Some days you're going to be way cheaper. Some days you're going to be way more, but in the world of business, I mean, you, you don't have truly fixed cost unless right. you're in some type of manufacturing, but I mean, and that has ebb and flows in, in itself. Right. Um, as you know, well, way more than me. And just like uh, my air travel, like, I mean, some weeks, my credit, some months, my credit card is like, almost nothing. And then in some weeks it's like, did we buy a plane? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I'm sure. And, and, and honestly, it kind of depends on how many tournaments I play and, and kind of everything that goes about it and, and this, and, um, you know, my advisor was super knowledgeable and, and willing to kind of ask the questions that we need to look into and, and go. And cause I mean, so many people, when they make that step from college to pro, you know, especially in a, a big time program, most of all their decisions are made for them oh. when they're going to play, when they're going to practice, when they're going to, how they're going to get there in this. And then they're like handed the opportunity to go play pro. And it's like, how there's do not I like do a schedule this? Oh, cause like you're, when you're playing yeah. for like college team, it's like you're on a team. So there's like coaches are telling you when you're yeah. practicing and all that stuff to then you're mm-hmm. on your own. You're kind of like, you kind of become an entrepreneur overnight. Very much so. And, you know, some people wig out about that. And, you know, one of them, I had a guy that played at Oklahoma State. I legitimately, he's become a good friend and after the fact. And I played with him in college and it was like, this is the best player I've ever played with in my entire life. And he just never like made it as a pro and had all the accolades, everything you could ever imagine, the look, the feel, the everything, but the actual implementation of him as a professional just never took place and a lot of that was um had nothing to do with talent had nothing but just all the other stuff that kind of gets in the way of of what because not that golf is the easy part because it is incredibly difficult but getting to the tee and understanding that i mean a lot's riding on every single round and every single shot and not having all that stuff sorted out on the front end can be pretty daunting oh i bet oh yeah Especially if you have all Especially, that other stuff in your head while you're trying to focus on golf. <laughs> correct. Correct. 
That makes so much sense. So, I mean, that's, that's crazy. To, I have never thought about it like that. Do you, do you remember like when you're sitting down thinking about this? Cause that's actually a quite, I mean, something I've, I've never thought of is right when you decide to like go forward with it, like even something as far as like, I think about this even today and I, you know, have a job and do fine and do fine. But like, I mean, going ahead of a bucket of balls and playing around a golf just to practice on a Monday is not cheap. So how did you, how did you like leave Tennessee tech and then start to pay for that stuff and go through Q school? And I know you played like in the levels below the PGA, but can you kind of explain that for anyone who's interested in going down this route? So I had a group of investors. I had a budget I set in, and I basically had a payback uh, return uh, plan. Oh, you actually got investors for yourself? Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think you were kidding around. You Uh, actually did that. A hundred percent. Oh, wow. But, I mean, I don't, like, I didn't just make that up. No, no, no. That's why I was like, oh, that's an interesting concept. But did you actually do it? Oh, that's cool. A hundred percent. I did. I had, originally, I had seven guys help me out. My first budget was 70 grand. Um, and uh, I had an unbelievable father and son that reached out to me first and they'd help a couple other guys. And they kind of was like, man, we want to be the kind of the advocate to go speak on your behalf to kind of other people. And uh, gave me and my wife the opportunity to go and travel and be a newly married couple and kind of pursue golf as a career and kind of wow. seeing what all that looked like, which was pretty nuts at the time. I mean, we were 22. Yeah. Like I have a daughter now. And if she told me she was going to get married at 22, I like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, right, right. but, um, and it just kind of escalated from there. And I had a good core group of guys that gave me a chance and they kind of bought into, Hey, if it works out, financially great but we're going to give you an opportunity to do something you wouldn't have a chance to do otherwise and I mean that's truly how I sold it because you know someone if I sit down with you as a guy that's in finance and I start telling you about all this money I'm playing for like the buy-in is you know not authentic it's all financial driven instead of like man I don't have this chance unless you give it to me like I, I promise I will make it up to you as best I possibly can I don't know how long it's going to take me, but I know I'm going to, you know, try everything to the best of my ability to give myself an opportunity to play at the highest level. You know, are you in or you out? Right. And most every single guy I sat down with was like, sure. Like I'm, I'm in, let's do it. Let's help out. We had a payback plan. Um, just kind of, you know, throughout the, how the events were played and, and kind of how things went from there. And uh, then I, then I escalated to the nationwide tour, which, you know, I had never flown to a tournament until I got my nationwide tour card. And so I got my nationwide tour card in the first week of December and the second week of January. So four weeks later, I was flying to New Zealand. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> so I had quickly. Like, so like, I mean, the largest expense at that point in my career that I had ever had, like a one-time expense was Q school, which was, you know, at the time was five grand for all the stages. Okay. I mean, that was a big, that was a big check to write at the time. Oh, I bet. And then I, I remember I played Australia and New Zealand and we were down there for, let's call it on the, on the front end and the back end call it three weeks. And I remember my credit card bill for that first month. That was like caddy, everything included. Like all thing was, I finished like 50th and I finished like sixth in Australia. and. I made just right under twenty seven thousand dollars, and I netted a grand. 
Oh, wow. Holy cow. And I, I remember seeing my credit card bill and literally about having a heart attack. Like yeah. I was shocked. I was shocked. My credit card balance like could go that high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like seeing it come through, be like, I mean, if I had missed both cuts, we were 30 grand in the hole and we play, only played two tournaments. Like just right. start looking at it from like, you know, red and black, red and black, red and black. And yeah. Black. Well, that's, I mean, but that's, then, that's crazy. Sorry, go ahead. But I mean, it just to show you how quickly it can change. And man, if you don't have someone good in your corner, you know, no matter what you do for a living, it's especially in the professional side, like, I mean, the ebb and flow of, you know, the, the positive negative end on the financial side is just, it's pretty wild. Yeah. And I mean, I, I could play four tournaments a month. I could miss every cut and I could, it could cost me this. I could play four tournaments in a month and top 10 every event and it can make this. And it's just like, you know, so, and, you know, being independent and understanding like uh, quarterly taxes and like all that stuff, man, you got to have your guy dialed in. And my, our first tax guy was like, man, (laughs) how much work that is for him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Paying, uh, you know, taxes in all the States that we play and where my corporate sponsors are and, you know, kind of everything that's balanced from there. It's, um, you know, the, the business side of professional golf is very unique and not that it's people don't think about it, but I think it's definitely underappreciated because we are individuals and, um, you know, there's a lot of accolades and a lot of exposure that comes from what we do, but there's a lot that goes into it as well. Yeah. I mean, I I honestly, until I I talked to Adam and you, I I didn't really never thought about just how complex it is. And to me, it's eye opening, and I'm, I'm sure for listeners, it's, it's definitely eye opening for, people to realize I just like I said at the beginning I think a lot of people have this envision that it's like any other sport where you like you know you're you get picked up by a college you go play in college and then all of a sudden it's a draft day and you're you got this huge salary that you're guaranteed and you're playing and no golf's not the same man golf is I mean do you think for I mean you would know but like do you think a lot of young professional golfers like are do some not make it because they just like can't play in enough tournaments and they can't afford it and that it's like they kind of churn out that way yeah, the the financial undertaking of what it does to take it to to play at the high highest level, man. And I I get asked all the time like what I would want to do whenever I'm done playing, and I, I think it would be more just to be a ambassador to try to help people kind of bridge those gaps, whether it was from high school to college or college to pro. That's such a vulnerable time, not only from like a just a, a life standpoint of just the transition of what that looks like, but let it alone, like, you know, you're a highly touted, super recruited high school guy. And then you go on a team where everyone else is right. the same. Yeah. And then you're on that super competitive. And then you're like, you know, you're the, the one that's just slightly a ticket better and like, all right, we're going to try to play professional golf. And then you go in the spot where all those other studs are all in that same environment. And the next thing you know, you're like, and I have to pay for this. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so just trying to figure out how to balance that. And I mean, there's, unfortunately, there's a lot of snakes out there to kind of, you know, take advantage of guys and kind of put them in bad spots. But um, I think kind of going and kind of learning from the situation that I was in and and seeing the experience that I had with the guys that helped me and kind of be able to point people in the right direction. By no means I'm an expert, but I just have a lot of experience in doing what I've done and had the opportunity to do for a long time. And 
I feel like I could be a good go-between for a lot of different people in that kind of transition time, depending on what part of their career they're in. Yeah, man, that's really cool. That's a really cool thing to want to do after golf too. Um, no, that's, that's wild. So when you, when you were just getting onto tour and, and for anyone else who's, you know, in that stage it, it, at that point, I'm assuming too, are you really relying on earnings from each event to kind of fund the next things? I'm assuming like corporate sponsors aren't like just jumping on right as soon as you join or are they? I don't, I don't know how that part works. I had some, you know, graduating from the nationwide tour, which is now the corn Ferry tour to the PGA tour. So I had some, some guarantees, which was great. Yeah. Um, but then you, then you start figuring out, um, just how it can change so fast. So I missed my first five cuts on the PGA tour, which is all the West coast. And I remember I got my tour card, the the same thing that goes along. So a year later, I told you, I went from Florida to New Zealand. I got my card in Florida and I go to Hawaii and everyone's like, you got to stay at the Kala hotel. Like it's your first tour event. It's this, it's that. I'm like, I'm in, let's do it. My wife and I are going, we're going to, well, I bogey the last, uh, hit it right behind a tree on number nine, chip it out through the fairway chip it in the rough, knock it on the green, two putt for six, miss a cut by one. Oh. And we're going to fly back to, to get ready to play Palm Springs. And I get my hotel bill and it was $2,700 and I almost threw up. Oh man. Like legitimately almost passed out in the middle of the, cause I'm all I'm thinking about is like a bogey blast hole. Like I missed the cut, like what in the world's going on? And just the yeah. reality of man, we're, we're, this is a completely different level. So I missed my first five cuts on the PGA tour and, you know, definitely some of the most expensive events of the year, especially West coast, mostly in California and kind of balancing all the stuff between. And I go, we play Puerto Rico. It's my sixth event. I make the cut. I finish kind of like middle of the pack. And the guy that was kind of like my mentor on tour, Kenny Perry, was sponsored by Transitions, and he helped me get a sponsor exemption in Tampa. Oh, cool. And incredible week, opportunity. I had a chance to win coming down the stretch, and I finished third by myself, and I made $386,000. Damn. And I saw, that, I saw that text come through, and I almost threw up again. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> It's got to be contagious. Uh, Is that, was that a contagious feeling? Like. Like, uh, and and I think if you, I mean there's the financial aspect of what may, and maybe it becomes a consideration every now and then but at the end of the day like I'm not making decisions based off of finance out there like I'm truly trying to put myself in the best to try to score the best I possibly can definitely yeah and right. if, if, is that eagle is that double bogey you know whatever that looks like um, you know kind of hold by hold dependent but I remember like laying in bed like looking back it's like it's still there. There's no way. It's happened. still there. Yeah. <laughs> it's still there. But just knowing like the ebb and flow of what I've had, especially the first basically month and a half on tour to that experience was just like, I mean, the highs and Crazy. lows. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and, and kind of seeing it all and, and kind of what it can. And, and truly like, I mean, someone achieves a dream every single week on tour and you know, whether a guy's first top 10, a guy's first top five, a guy's first playoff to win and, 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 you know, kind of, you know, er- everything happens and it's the stories throughout professional golf are pretty wild, but yeah. that first two months on tour was very eye opening. And the range of emotions was like, I am not ready for this to like, oh my gosh, I almost won. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is back and uh, forth. Yeah. Just kind of seeing it all. And, and, you know, it, it was crazy. I just remember that first one that came through and I was looking at it and just, 
absolutely blown away. And the, and that, you know, everyone's like the aha moment as far and not, and not that that was it, but just the reality of you know, truly how some weeks can truly change your life forever. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Um, I want to be cognizant of time. So I have a couple more questions I wanted to ask. The, the one was, um, so, I mean, obviously this is a crazy cool story and I'm sure for a lot of guys that end up on tour, they have, you know, some sort of uphill, downhill, all sorts of back and forth. But what was it like the first time on the, the first PGA tour tournament at the first tee? Do you remember like that moment and what that was like? I mean, that's gotta be such a cool feeling. A hundred percent. It was the temp hole at Wiley in uh, Honolulu. Yeah. And legitimately, if you and I went and played there today, like we just got on a plane, flew out there and played. I would hit driver on this hole a hundred times out of a hundred. Okay. It's, it's a dry, it's a drivable par four. I was all jacked as my first tournament. I'm going to drive the green. Like I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I got it on the tee and all the emotion of this is my first hole ever on the PGA tour. It, it all hit me at once. Like I started sweating really bad. Uh, like I changed my glove. Like I just started sweating through it. Oh wow! And my kid, I was like, "Man, I'm not hitting driver." He's like, "All right, where we get? Where are we gonna hit?" Uh, he's like, "You know, we're gonna hit three wood. We're gonna hit like this, that, because the pin was kind of in a funky spot." Um, he's like, "All right, man. You know, whatever you're the most comfortable with. Like, what what club do you feel like you can make the best swing?" And granted, we're talking about a guy that's thinking about driving the green. Yeah. I'm like, I feel good with the seven iron. <laughs> he's like seven iron i was like yeah seven iron like i can make a good swing on a seven iron and that will give me a full shot into the green he's like okay so i hit the seven iron i kind of pull it down the left side of the fairway i like chunk roll a sand wedge up on the green and i make it like a 10 footer for birdie I oh, buried wow. my first hole on tour, and I everyone's like, "Oh, you buried your first hole!" It's like that could not have been a more chicken luck birdie. It was like what's like, what's yeah. out just ever. It's like it's not like man, I drove it in the bunker and wedged it out to a foot, made birdie, went to the next hole. It's like man, I was about to have just a pure panic attack on the first tee, and and somehow made a birdie. <laughs> oh, that's a good story. That's funny. I mean, yeah, it, it, you luck out, you pulled it out and you figured it out, man. I mean, that's, that's how it works, I guess. Right. That's funny. Seven iron instead of a driver. Well, Hey, it worked yep. out and it, you know, you birdied the first, it's cool to say you birdie your first hole on tour too. That's, that's probably not yep. common. Then, then a few days later, got a $2,700 hotel bill. Ebbs and flows, <laughs> ebbs and flows. <laughs> for sure. For sure. That's funny. Uh, the other golf related question I, I had to ask was, I, you know, I read online and you've mentioned it in here that it sounded like the moment you decided to just go all in on golf was watching Tiger win the masters and in person, right? Weren't you at Augusta? No, I was just watching on TV. Was at home. I, <laughs> okay. Do you remember the first time you showed up to a tournament and saw Tiger in person and realized now you're competitors? Correct. A hundred percent. Tory Pines my, was my third oh, event sweet. on tour. And I did not know that Tiger warms up on the back of the range at Torrey Pines. I just went to the back of the range just because there was no spots on the front. And we go, there's a guy hitting on the far right side. And if anyone's ever been to Torrey Pines, Tiger hits in the far left corner of the top of the range. So if you ever want to watch, that's oh, where cool. he is. Yeah. I had no idea, like no clue. And we go up there, and I'm the third person, Tiger being the second, and I couldn't tell you who's on the far right of the range. But, I mean, they're 40 yards apart, and there's this huge gap. I'm like, okay. 
I'm going over here, man. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's Tiger. Like, I'm going yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch this. And he's warming up in this. And my caddy at the time, I, we had been there for about 20 minutes. And, like, I haven't hit a shot. Yeah. I'm like, he's like, man, we, like, we play in, like, not very long. Like, you need to probably hit a few balls. I'm like, man, this is Tiger. Like, we got to watch. Like, maybe we'll learn something over here. He's like, no, we have to play the tournament. Like, we're in this tournament, too. <laughs> yes. I was like, and then the reality, just kind of what you said, is like, oh, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm not, like, behind a screen watching this, like. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go out there like just chunk fat my first lob wedge, and you know that like Lee Trevino from Happy Gilmore, where he's yeah. like, I just look over and I feel like Tiger's just like, oh my gosh, <laughs> we got someone just laughing, yeah, just laughing at me and making fun of like, man, who's this idiot over here? That's and so funny. That's so funny. That Have it. you ever been paired with him? Yeah, a few times. So, and he, he's a great guy, and just seeing the transition that he's made the last few years, especially that. You know, I saw him when he was player of the year. I also saw him with, you know, all the struggles that he's been. It's all been well documented and kind of seen on both sides. But I'm super thankful for all the stuff that he's done for us on the PGA Tour providing. I mean, he motivated me to try to pursue it as a career. Right. um, I mean, he's super into health and fitness. He's nowhere near capable of what he used to um, in in terms of just with the stuff going on with his back. But I mean, super into it. Well, you know, see him on the range or something, ask like, all right, what'd you train today? What'd you do? What was your workout? And, oh, that's cool. You know, he, he, you know, constantly wanting to know. And, um, but I mean, he was the first guy to really kind of, you know, bring a whole new approach to it from the, you know, strength and fitness world. And, uh, it was pretty cool to kind of see it kind of come full circle and to see him kind of take an interest in what I was doing. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's really cool. I'm sure that's, that's gotta be something that you always hold on to just like that story from watching him to now you're kind of one of his, you know, colleagues really on tour. That's pretty sweet. Very cool. Um, well, the last couple of questions, Scott, I just wanted to ask you, these are stuff that I like to ask, uh, you know, any, any guests I have on here, but I think it's really cool for listeners is, um, so you sounds like you have all kinds of different things, you know, obviously on tour is a, a huge priority for you. Fitness and health is a huge priority for you. Um, I'm sure you have goals and things you're focused on and trying to accomplish. Is there anything tools, tricks, tips that you'd like to share with the listeners just on, you know, is it pen and paper and you just write your goals down from time to time or once a year? Do you have apps? What, what do you kind of use to kind of keep track of what you're focused on and where you're driving to? I surround yourself with people that are like-minded and going to continue to push you in that uh, daily. And, you know, people are going to hold you accountable if you get kind of off and continue to try to push yourself. You know, I have golf people, I have fitness people, and then I've got one guy that has nothing to do with any of it. Okay. Like just completely arbitrary. Like they just ask random questions. Like, man, why'd you do that? Like, well, this is why it was like, Oh, I never thought about that. But also like, man, maybe I need to think about doing this differently and, you know, kind of surrounding yourself that people that can ask you tough questions and, you know, kind of have the ability to kind of speak into your life at any moment. And, uh, you know, that's helped me kind of stay grounded and, you know, kind of keep my wits about me, you know, both, you know, when things are good and when things are bad. Yeah. Um, and I play a very unforgiving game for a living and, uh, <laughs> there's no, no real word to hide and no real place to hide. And so, but, you know, kind of seeing that all come and, um, those guys are very near and dear to my heart and, uh, have helped me a lot to get me to this point in my career. That's awesome. So really surround yourself with people who challenge you and elevate you kind of to the next level. sounds like. 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, what is, if you, I don't know if you, if you read or I always say book, but honestly a book podcast, any source of knowledge, what would be like the most commonly gifted or recommended book podcast, something of knowledge you share with like your friends? Uh, probably extreme ownership at first, the Jocko book. Um, I love that. It's great. It's, uh, as far as <laughs> based on the, and this is not to talk bad about the guys that I, I play with, but there's a, a large sense of entitlement in what I do for a living and just kind of the accolades that come along with just the fact that you can say you're a PGA tour player, but yeah. just the ownership mentality of man, ultimately it's down to me. Like I, all aspects of my life and, ignorance is not an excuse, you know, or something I can rely upon as far as to get away with just not trying. And uh, I had a guy two weeks ago, it's like, man, I hate when they give me white courtesy cars. Like, Oh, interesting. <laughs> our, 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 our white courtesy car that he was unhappy with was uh, X seven BMW. <laughs> so you're like nicer than most people's like, car ever. I was like, that's, that's nicer than the car I drive at home. Like, come <laughs> on, man. Like, I don't care. I'm just like, but just the, the, the idea of, you know, the stuff that he talks about in the book, I'm a big Ryan holiday fan. Oh yeah. All the too. stuff that, that he goes about, um, and, you know, any kind of, you know, man, there's a lot of different ones that I kind of read and kind of continue to go about back and forth. But uh, extreme ownership, you know, can kind of be a little bit in your face, especially when the first chapter is talking about, you know, blue on blue, you know, friendly fire and just the reality of like, man, like, how would you deal with that? And I'm trying to Shit, apply yeah. that to how, how I would deal with that in golf, but <laughs> you know, there, different things like that. And, uh, but that, that was the first book that I realized like, man, I need to do a better job of you know, taking ownership of, you know, every single step of my life. And, continue to put myself in the right direction, surround myself with people that are going to continue to, you know, push me in that same regard. Got it. Yeah, no, love that. That's fantastic. I will, uh, I'll add that to the show notes. Um, and then the really last question is just how can people follow you, you know, follow your journey? There's probably a few things you'd like to share. Yeah. I mean, Instagram, uh, Twitter and everything on tour. And I, I try to answer all the direct messages and, uh, you know, stuff that I'm not always the greatest. Uh, I try to do everything I possibly can, but you know, there are positive and negatives of both making yourself available on social media. Um, but you know, for the naysayers and the, you know, the people that just want to constantly question, you know, there are a bunch of people that legitimately want to know. And I've said from the very beginning, if I could take my experience and the stuff that I've learned over the last few years, as far as taking my health for granted and, and kind of coming out on the other side of it, and continually trying to, you know, find the best version of myself day in, day out. If I can help be the go-between to help people not make those same mistakes that I did and, you know, take the experience that I've had to make up the difference and, you know, help them not have to go through the unanswered questions and kind of point them down a path a little bit faster than I did, then it's all worth it. And um, I had a conversation with a uh, Symmetra tour player. I've never met her in my entire life. And just her and her husband were kind of going through a, a similar kind of situation. And they heard a podcast that I did. It was like, all oh, right, cool. I'm going to continue, continue to, like, I've never met this person in my life. And she reached out and it's like, man, I would give anything just to have a 10 minute conversation and kind of hear a little bit about what she did. She sends me a, a message today, 
lab work done, sleep study scheduled, and kind of, you know, start the process as far as, you know, to figure out what's truly causing what. And instead Got of just, it. you know, people are, uh, information is something that people fear instead of, in some, instead of things that people embrace. You're in the finance world. You want as much information as you can possibly get. Definitely. To try to make sense of it all instead of like, oh, we don't need to know that. Yeah, just <laughs> like, fly. What, we'll just make it up. It's like, no, nah, man, we probably need to know that. And, you know, but there's some stuff that you need to learn to take in is like, well, we have that number, but you know, that's something that these are the things that we focus on. And so many people don't know what that is. And sure, I've been yeah. very, I've been, I've been very fortunate to have some great people come around me and teach me and, and put me in the right, you know, kind of frame of mind as far as how to handle that. And I was the perfect, I, like I hated doctors. I hated, you know, anything in the medical world. And now, I mean, I'm to the point where I do, I do my lab work every three months oh, wow. and, you know, c continue to try to, you know, figure out what that looks like. And, you know, all right, I did this, I did that. And, um, I do a bunch of stuff with the whoop people and, yeah, um, I love whoop. I'm a big fan too. Yeah. Love yeah. that. Nice. So I mean, we, we, we just, I mean, I've been a whoop guy for over three years and just oh, trying wow. to figure out, I made some different uh, changes to my sleep recently. And last week I averaged, uh, over four hours of REM and over two hours of deep, just with some little tweaks. Whoa. And you don't, you, you don't find that out until you put the time and, and due diligence to go in the information to find those things. So all that stuff can make a huge difference to kind of, you know, get you to where you are today. Yeah, definitely. No, I know the, the blood work thing is something I I've like never really done. It's like the one thing I probably, it's like a huge unlock that I just need to start doing. Um, mm -hmm. so I need to add that to mine. That's a good tip for sure. Yep. Yep. Check out inside tracker. You can customize your labs and oh, cool. kind of give, kind of give you a little bit better idea as far as what you're looking at. Okay. Insight tracker. I definitely want to take a look. Mm -hmm. Well, Scott, yeah. thank you so much for the time. This has been a really good time. It's been a blast. I've had so much fun. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on today. That's awesome, man. I appreciate you having me on and, uh, you know, we can do it again sometime. Yeah, let's definitely do it again. Good luck with, uh, you know, the holidays and the, in the off season. Hope you get to enjoy some of it. And, uh, pump for your next season and everything, you know, firing up in a few months. All right. Well, I appreciate it very much. And, uh, I'll go back out there and check this trampoline out and see how I did. Love it. Yeah. I was gonna say have fun, man. And happy holidays. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Awesome. Thanks, Scott. Thanks.